0: Jewish Board talk with Cherise Zeffert, and I'm talking to Gwen Robbins, who has as part who's associate director uh, of the board in Cape Town, and who has had a relationship with the Turquoise Harmony Institute, or the Hizmet Movement, for about fifteen years. But who exactly are they, and what is their cause? Gwen, welcome, and thank you so much for joining me.
1: Hello. I would describe the Hizmet really like a a benaya kiva for Muslims. It's uh, Muslims, idealistic young Muslims, wanting to bring Islam into the 21st century. They believe in education. Their motto is, so we may know one another, because they believe in interfaith. They believe if we could get to know each other to dialogue, then there wouldn't be violence. Their leader is called... Fetulam Gulen, who has now gone to America for safety, uh, who has met rabbis and archbishops and gurus with a message of interfaith acceptance. And we had a meeting last week. We had a refugee a refugee day event when we had refugees from the Congo and from Burundu uh, speaking. We had one of the refugees that we had taken in uh, ten years ago at the time of the Uh, xenophobia, and we also had one of the Hizmet Movement people to come and talk about their persecution. And it's it's dreadful. It's it's pathetic. Uh, I'm going to start at the beginning. They came to Cape Town about 15 years ago, and I met them through the Cape Town Interfaith Initiative. And I brought them to the board, and they invited me to an interfaith iftar. And I explained to them I couldn't come because it was sukkahs. They were very upset. They asked me, please, to give them the list of all the Jewish holidays in the future so that next time they had one of these interfaith things, it wouldn't clash with a Jewish holiday. And they asked me to come during the week to the event. It was very really warm and friendly. Uh, the following year, I got an invitation. They brought me the invitation on a, in a hand-delivered in a wooden box scented with roses with a little rose underneath it. I kept it next to my bed for years because <laughs> I'd open the lid and smell the roses. It was just beautiful. The event was at a five-star hotel We were all given roses when he came in, and lashings of Turkish delight. (laughs) Um, They had the Muslim Judicial Council there speaking, and he said that he didn't approve of them having an interfaith event, and iftar should be for Muslims only. And the Premier of the Western Cape at the time, Ibrahim Rasul, stood up and said that he'd like to compliment the Turkish movement for showing the Muslim community in Cape Town that it was fine to open up the event to non-Muslims, to extend a, a hand of friendship. There was a rabbi speaking, there was a priest speaking, there was a, the, the the MJC, and they've gone through trying to promote uh, to, to promote uh, acceptance. Um, a little while later, at one of our Capital Interface Initiative meetings, some people came and asked the Capital Interface Initiative to... Uh, write a letter to the paper, Attacking Israel and Supporting Palestine. And the man from the Hizmet Movement stood up and said, I don't agree with it, we shouldn't have anything to do with it, that is politics, that we are for religion, and as a result of that, the Captain Intervath Initiative passed a motion to say they would never ever support anything to do with attacking Israel and Palestine. Hmm. And as a result, I've always felt very warmly disposed towards them. Um, these iftar[s] used to be amazing. They'd have four or five hundred people. It would be in a five-star hotel. They would have deputy presidents. They would have members of parliament. They'd have judges. They would have premiers. They would have Springboks. Um, they'd give us little gifts like these little lucky beads. Um, they would bring out people from Turkey. They'd have these whirling dervishes who would give performances. They'd bring people who to play musically Turkish musical instruments. They would have a woman demonstrating a Turkish a technique of painting, mixing oil and water, and then we were each given one of these paintings to take home. Hmm. Mine was of a rose, and I put it somewhere safe, but I can't find like, that safe place, because <laughs> hmm. I wanted to frame it. Um, all of this changed a couple of years ago, when there was a coup in uh, Turkey. And the Gulen movement, they're young idealists, they spread around the world. And the first thing they do is they start schools where they focus on math and science, both for girls and for boys. They start because the movement represents his service. They give food parcels when there are floods and famines. They try and, in South Africa, they try to provide work opportunities uh, in the townships. Uh, they try. They start cookery schools. they start all sorts of things to try and get people just to know each other with no strings attached. Uh, all young idealists. Well, when they started criticising Erdogan because of his corruption, and they really came to blows at the time of the Navi Marmara Institute because Gulen accused Turkey of sending the Navi Marmara out to Israel, because he said that they should have got Israel permission before they went and sent out a flotilla, uh, Erdogan blamed Israel, and Erdogan now was looking for a scapegoat, and here is this organization, a uh, worldwide organization, attacking him on corruption and attacking him on the Mabimara. Mar- so he started... He blamed them for the... Uh, he blamed them for the uh, revolt. He has... Arrested 124,257 people. He is building 228 new prisons Mm. to house all these people. He's fired 145,711 people. He's closed down 2,099 schools, dormitories and universities. He's fired 8,573 academics, 4,424 judges. Closed down 184 media outlets. Arrested 274 journalists dismissed 44,000 people from the Mid- from the Ministry of Education because this group, the Hizmet Movement, attracted the the in- intelligentsia. So it was the teachers and the academics and the doctors and the lawyers, all the, all the people in the top ranks of the civil service, they've all been arrested. The woman who was talking last week was telling us that they've arrested a number of women because of wives, because they are associated with the Hizmet Movement, because they're married to them. Uh, they have about two hundred women in in prison with their babies. She spoke of one woman she knows who who had her baby. and the moment the baby was delivered, the police immediately arrested her and took her off to jail with a newborn baby. Mm. It's it is it is terrible the persecution. What they he is determined to get rid of them all. Uh, Erdogan has said that um, he wherever they are, we will package them up and bring them to Turkey, God willing. He said that no country in the world will be safe for Gulen members. They have no right to laugh. Mm. So he's been kidnapping them from places like Pakistan. Well, now their, their money, has, their funding has dried up. They no longer have the money to have a 400-people uh, event at a five-star hotel. Mm. So now what they're doing for the iftahs, they invite us to private homes. So last year, Joshua Hofstra and I went to... Uh, to uh, uh, there were... Four people, the children sang, they gave us a lovely meal. Um, it was lovely. It was just so warm and friendly. It was like sitting at a Shabbos table with these people who really went out of their way to be helpful and sweet. This year we went again a couple of weeks ago. Um, our host had come from, our host wife was a, a chef. Uh, they had been in Uzbekistan and then they were told that they were going to be kidnapped, so they fled to, to Pakistan and then people warned them that they were about to be kidnapped so they've come down to south africa uh the other part the other couple there the woman's the, the wife's brother had been arrested the other brother he was a doctor the other brother who was just a civil servant and wasn't part of the movement had been sacked because his brother was a, a hizmet movement her his her husband's father had been arrested because he is a hismit, uh, because the sun is involved in it um the united nations have complained amnesty complained but gulam uh, erdogan doesn't worry I, I think it upsets me to me i feel very strongly about it because i feel this is this is like germany in the 1930s with jews being removed no longer being regarded as citizens being fired their bank their businesses have been closed down their bank accounts have been frozen it's like the jews in germany uh, and i feel very i feel very passionate about it because to me their human rights have been destroyed by somebody who just couldn't bother about it he's been erdogan's been closing down their schools so far he's managed to close down three 300, three hundred three thousand of his schools and universities in turkey and now he's tra- targeting the overseas schools uh, he, and has he's managed to close down all the schools in the Muslim countries in North Africa? Uh, he Erdogan came out to Africa last year and tried to close down uh, schools. He approached uh, the president in Mozambique, demanding he takes action against the Islamist movement, saying that the that the teachers were trying to topple the Mozambican government. Uh, he didn't realise that the president's son goes to this school themselves. So the, uh, the president told him, thank you very much, but no thanks. He then came to South Africa and spoke to Zuma, and Zuma, to his credit, said he wasn't prepared to close down these schools. The schools here, uh, two of their schools in, in South Africa, came in the top ten schools in last year's matric exams. Mm. Their students represent South Africa at the International Science and Mathematics Olympics. The first non-white student in the history of them, South African Mathematics Olympiad, came from this school. These schools try and get excellent out of their pupils. Um, the, your financial background, your social background, doesn't matter. They want the girls and boys to learn modern science. It's a, they believe in the importance of education. So he came out last year and he asked to close down the schools and Zuma didn't refuse. So um, last month, or oh, six weeks ago, he invited Angie Machika to go to Turkey on a visit. He went there and he... he Offered her three things. He was he would make a big investment in Turkey, but on on condition that Angie Machiko closed down the schools here and deported all the Turkish people here. Fortunately, she refused those two conditions outright, and I must really praise her for that because to close down a good school because you just you've just got a, a thing about it. Now they've just had the election. They're claiming it's a democratic election. The election was a couple of days ago. Mm. Uh, there is no media freedom. They're in a they're in a state of emergency. The journalists have been arrested. The the, the media outlets on the television companies have been arrested. All non-state sanctioned rallies were banned. The opposition leader was has been put in prison. Mm-hmm. He hasn't done anything wrong. They haven't been able to try him, but he's been in prison for the last eighteen months because they don't want him doing anything. Uh, and this is. Uh, and this is regarded as a democratic election. I'm, it really upsets me enormously what's going on. And they are still, without much money, trying to organize events. A little while ago, uh, in fact, I've been speaking to the Union of Jewish Women about it. They invited, a, they had a friendship tea party where they had different teas, Turkish tea and Russian tea and uh, a golden tea. Each group of, of of women had organized a different table with different teas, with different cups and sauces, and places with Turkish food. And they said, they said, couldn't we do something along, uh, isn't there a Jewish tea? And I spoke to the Union of Jewish Women, could he thought we could have that as a fundraising event mm. with a junior Jewish woman and their Turkish women's group. We could have a samurai and Russian tea and blinces or plaid mm, or see, something yeah. like that. <laughs> and they would have something they're very keen on it, and the Union of women are going to try and do something like this and we could perhaps get a group of Christian women to do the same thing then a little while ago uh, they had a, a meeting for the um, for the media for for religious, for religious media to promote social cohesion and to champion tolerance, pluralism, and a harmonious coexistence and they brought together voice of the Cape, Radio seven eight six and of the, the Muslim Views newspaper to discuss what the, new, the newspapers can do to promote it, and I attended and it was most interesting, with the exception of the man from the Radio Seven Eight Six, who mentioned the trial that the Board of Deputies had had with him, uh, and he and he angered me so much I stood up and spoke in the in the uh, with the question time because he he said with pride that he'd spent a week on a programme dealing with Illuminati and global mm, finance.
0: I remember that a case, yeah.
1: said that it's is a long uh,
0: time. yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I said Illuminati is pure anti Semitism and that's what you shouldn't be shouldn't be focusing on. But it takes a little group like this to actually think of getting together there the, to, to think what can the groups what can the radio stations do to promote social cohesion.
0: Well, Gwen, I have to say that I'm so pleased you came on the radio today because I must be honest, I knew, I knew I'd knew i definitely heard of the Turquoise Harmony Institute, but I had no idea about the kind of human rights abuse taking place against them. And I just wonder why, you know, how many people just don't know about it?
1: They're a small group. Look, there's, there's been a lot of coverage of them in the paper recently, the uh, the star in the Cape Times ran an article by Shannon Ibrahim uh, attacking Turkey for their human rights abuses, and the Turkish ambassador wrote to the newspaper to complain to say how dare they criticise them. So <laughs> they were very happy to write articles article to put in articles, including one by me attacking the ambassador by saying how can you say there's no human rights abuses when this is what is
0: happening. So, Gwen, I have to say, then, carry on doing what you do, which is highlighting the human rights abuse. I know you don't only do it with the Turquoise Harmony Institute. I know you're working closely with the Baha'i communities and other communities living in the Middle East that are absolutely persecuted, and the outrage seems to be quite muted.
1: Well, I feel, as a Jew, I feel very strongly about it, because, to me, I identify with it. But to me, it's the same as the Jews in Germany in the 1930s. Because... The Baha'i, there's job reservation for the Baha'i in, in Iran. They can't go to university. They're not allowed to do a lot of jobs. They they arrest and hang the young women who, who teach a chayda to their kids. And the world does nothing. There are 200,000 people being persecuted in the, by the Baha'i in Iran. It's, uh, and now we have the Hizmet Movement, with him kidnapping him, and, him ha- and Erdogan having the chutzpah to say wherever they are, we will package them up and bring them to Turkey, God willing. Hmm.
0: And the world has nothing. <sighs> Gwen, we uh, have to end on that very okay. sad note, I'm afraid. But okay. again, thank you so well, much for joining and just highlighting this cause. And okay. if anybody would like to get hold of you, they can do so at the Cape Board and they can do so through me. Is that okay? Okay. Well, thanks. Thank you very much. Okay. That was the Deputy Director of the Cape Board, um, Gwen Robbins.